Talking Cash Podcast with your host, Ben Blanchard. Hello and welcome to the Talking Cash Podcast. This is your host, Ben Blanchard. Today, my guest is an old friend of mine who I know from college at the University of Vermont. I'm talking about Carmen Legala. Carmen Legala is a stand-up comedian who now lives in New York. She discusses what it was like to get a full-ride scholarship to the University of Vermont to the track and field program. Her long life in working with kids and nannying, and now what it's like to move from small town Vermont to the big city of New York. Carmen will be featured at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival this summer in June in Portland, Oregon, and you can check her out on Twitter at Carmen Legala. Today's episode is sponsored by Chang's Laundry. Chang's Laundry is designed and manufactured in Vermont by Gabriel Chang. Combining the love of denim jackets and the principles of classic workwear, Chang's Laundry creates unique products that get better with age. When you support Chang's Laundry, you support independent American manufacturing. So go to changslaundry.com to check out all the gear that he has to offer. Please check out some shows. We've got the last run of the Commons Alehouse shows coming up. I think we have four more left before Commons Alehouse closes. So every Tuesday at 8.30, please swing by Santa Monica to the Commons Alehouse for some kind of comedy in Los Angeles. Also, I'm happy to say that the Comedy at the Manor show will be back on June 18th with a lot of surprise guests. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. That will be uh, being released on May 1st. And make sure to buy your ticket because it will sell out. And that's all for me. So please enjoy the episode with my good friend, Carmen Legala. fidgety (laughs) yeah so that's the voice of carmen legala an old friend of mine who i haven't seen what in two years yeah at least right yeah it's been like i think the last time i saw you was probably at one of the or maybe that was the uh the dead kevin show yo yeah yeah yes when the power went out in burlington vermont that was the coolest when we did like pan puppets those guys had like candles going yeah lighting them up with their cell phones i had um i had jack on on the last episode and he's a good friend of mine he might um, be at the show tonight yeah i love those yeah the whole group is fantastic barucha just got married you're the first guest from Vermont. You're also the first guest that's brought a guest. Carmen's boyfriend, <laughs> Sam, is, is texting right next to us. <laughs> and you're the first female guest. Oh. So there's a lot of firsts happening today. Good luck getting another Vermont person. That's going to be a little difficult. I was actually thinking about interviewing my family when I go back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do this it. summer. So that would be that would be a first for me. <laughs> Carmen's out here in Los Angeles visiting from New York, where she recently just moved. Mm-hmm. Within the mm-hmm. past year, a little over a year ago? Uh, over and a half now i think a year and seven months and you were telling me before we started how wonderful la is compared to new york for you yes 
Although I don't want to be tricked because when I first came to New York City, I was like, I love this place. This is the place. This is my favorite place. And I came here and I'm like, oh, no, this, this is the place. I feel like the next place is always the place. Yes, definitely. Until you start living in it and you're like, fuck this place. And then mm-hmm. you come back out of that and you're like, oh, this is the place again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I found my way back to the place. Cool. I'm happy to have you here. It's good to see you. Let's start from day one. <laughs> you're out of the hospital. Born. Where were you born? Oh, gosh. Berlin Hospital in Vermont, right outside of Montpelier. Hospital oh, yeah. The on capital. Yeah. The old yep. capital. Yeah. The old capital. Just hospital, just surrounded by not very much. Yeah. Vermont's a predominantly a pretty rural place. So yep. I imagine like that was kind of your surroundings growing up around Montpelier. But at the same time, we thought we were like city people. We're like, this, we're in like this town and we're like the kids who grew up in the city. But the city was like 8,000 people, maybe. To us, you guys were like the Hicks. Mm-hmm, and Burlington mm-hmm. only had like 60,000 people. Yeah, yeah. And we thought we were the real urbanites of the yes. state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For your folks, like their work, were they doing agricultural stuff? Did they have a career path or were they jumping around in their jobs? Yeah. my Well, my mom was a homemaker, so she just raised us and did a lot of volunteer work. She would come in and out of the classrooms and do stuff with the teachers, arts and crafts. Uh, later on, she started getting into more like Etsy kind of stuff. My sister taught mm-hmm. her how to use Etsy because she makes, she can knit and she can make patterns for dolls. And she would make these doll patterns. Like outfits? Like, yeah, outfits. Like, like little sweaters, costumes for dolls? Yeah, <laughs> tights. And, and what was what was her sales <laughs> demographic on that? Was it very oh, young or very old a people? A thousand year old yeah. women. Yeah. I was going to say, because wow. my, my grandma had a doll collection growing up and I thought it was the coolest and creepiest thing <laughs> She collected puzzles and, mm-hmm. and American Girl dolls. I think they all do. When they all die, there's going to be so many just dolls and puzzles. <laughs> I know. And now properly clothed, thanks to your mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Was she like going on field trips and stuff with you guys and, yes. your, and your siblings? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every field trip. I was like, cool, my mom is so cool. She's coming with the class. And then later on, I was like, oh, God, mom's yeah. coming with At the class. At what age again. did that wear off? Probably middle school, 13. Yeah. I was always envious and not of those mm-hmm. parents that went on the trips with the kids. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man, their parents are around to hang out with them. And I was like, wait, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> did that mean that your dad was raking in some dough or was he just, did you guys have like a modest house for your parents together when you were younger? We had a um, pretty modest house they were together until i was a junior in high school Mm -hmm. so for most of the the time yeah he was the money guy i guess like his job position was always very vague to me and i spent a lot of time thinking that he did things that he didn't like i had this theory that he was working for the fbi secretly because i couldn't figure out what he was doing he's just working for the state of vermont He's just working for the state. He would yeah, do stuff. Maybe he was doing FBI stuff. <laughs> he could have been. He, he was, at a state level, do they have that? I guess secrets. it's more federal. Yeah, though. probably. They're like, oh, we uncovered that this guy has a little more cows than he's paying taxes. <laughs> like that. Well, that makes sense, though, because I guess like if you aren't in the agrarian business mm-hmm. in Vermont, then especially around Montpelier, that's where the state capital is. Yep. I'm sure you had a lot of people in your family and friends that worked in government or yes. state government, city government. Yep. I was thinking about that the other day, like thinking about my own parents and my other friends' parents just like just had this obscure job title and no one really knows what yeah. they've been doing this for the last thirty years. <laughs> yep. I guess it's like talking on the phones and emails, but what are you what are you doing? I have no idea. <laughs> and like nobody knew what email was when we were kids. Yeah. Like, what are they what are you exactly. doing? Exactly. hence the FBI. I think like your dad had first access to email, so you yeah. thought he was like a part of like some government <laughs> conspiracy. Like he can't use computers now, but back then he was like the computer guy. Can't even use a cell phone, but he's like, Yeah, I used to 
crack in and figure out who was looking at child porn and fire them. And he like hit that sweet spot of like early internet. Yep. Where he was just like right at the right time, and then it just totally went past him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, "What's emojis? Help me, please." <laughs> yeah, he's saying over his head. You got the parents. You got some siblings in the old Montpelier area too. Yes, uh, my sister is in a neighboring town, Barrytown. I have an older sister, three years older. She has three kids. She's married. Got her house with lots of animals. She's like a small farm, but yep. in a suburb. Barry has like a huge quarry, right? Yes. Yeah. They make lots of gravestones, you know, Isn't cheerful. it like the biggest? Yeah, like marble. <laughs> yeah. That's such an interesting thing to think about, like especially now living in a city that there are still many, many jobs like that that are just like, oh, he's just mining quarry. <laughs> like, where's all this quarry from? from? He's like literally <laughs> working in the mines. <laughs> he hauls out slabs. Somebody carves a bear. I like to ask the question, like when... You were first socializing and making friends and, and everything like that. Like the first moment you had where you saw like extreme poverty and extreme wealth like within mm-hmm. your friend group. Yeah. Or within like your society. Yeah. So do you remember like kind of those those first moments of seeing like, oh my God, that's an enormous house. Who are these people are also like abject poverty where it's like, oh my God, that's where they live. Yes, but the the spread was pretty insignificant in Vermont. People were around the same income levels, Mm -hmm. I would say. I do remember in first grade going to a friend's house and feeling sorry for her, but it was more because her parents smoked and they just had like a very smoke-filled kind of crusty house with old furniture that smelled and she smelled and her hair looked unwashed. And I was like, oh, this is what poor people, I think, are. (laughs) I (laughs) think. Well, there is one of those, yeah. Because you kind of like associate that level of living, like that mm-hmm. lifestyle with poverty, even though mm-hmm. they might not be totally destitute, but they just have, like you said, the smell and the look of someone that's been living mm-hmm. in the street or like living at their house for the last 30 years and never left. Remember, I had everybody like that too. I felt so, like they were middle level income, like mm-hmm. they weren't poor or anything, but his parents, it was like the 90s, and his parents smoked, like chain smoked cigarettes in the house. And we were over there all the time. Yeah. And they would like drive us to baseball games and like leave the windows up and like rip cigarettes like before our baseball games <laughs> and we were just like oh this is totally normal it's the 90s and then like yeah. two years later they banned smoking like yeah. everywhere <laughs> and our parents like never let us hang out over there anymore yeah yeah a lot of us you find out that people are poor because your parents are like you can't go there anymore <laughs> right <laughs> yeah they're like here's chips for dinner you're like oh geez <laughs> what about the flip side of that do you remember like seeing someone extremely wealthy when you were younger uh wealthy to me was my best friend and childhood girl named Lindsay. she lived just down the street shout out to Lindsay. <laughs> you <laughs> rich bitch <laughs> she will not be listening because she's yeah. busy being a dentist falling in her dad's footsteps and oh. making money those local small towns if you did have a practice of some sort mm-hmm. you were the rich guy that he was probably the dentist in town right yes one of yeah three is he orthodontic work too was he slap, uh, slapping braces on everyone back in the day i don't think he was orthodontist but he was definitely definitely all the dental stuff i remember getting a retainer from him mm-hmm. yep. yeah yeah I, I forget what it's like to do that like consistently <laughs> yeah going to the dentist i'm pretty pretty bad at that these days oh gosh me too it's like what the you know <laughs> all these simple things <laughs> you like you were like so good at as a kid because yeah. your parents like all right you need to do this every six months and then you get become an adult and it's just like oh yeah i, f- <laughs> I forgot to do that or i just can't pay for that yeah. and then this is my money i have to use exactly Ugh. But it would just magically so, happen. So Lindsay was was the rich girl. Yes, she had a very nice house, maybe three store. They had a finished basement and then a oh, main floor yeah. with a Talking dining area. And multiple cars. Yes, yeah, very nice cars. They actually just they didn't even own them. They would rent them for a while or whatever. That's leasing. Called. Leasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how disconnected you are <laughs> yeah, from exactly. the whole world. Yeah, they were just like know. put money down and then you could just like <laughs> rent it for a couple <laughs> years and give it back. <laughs> yeah. 
They kept doing that with nice cars. Yeah, so they'd always be upgrading. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So were you hanging out? Was that the spot to hang? It was, yeah. Her finished basement was the place to be. I did get a little iced out in middle and early high school, so mm. we kind of drifted apart. She would have boy-girl parties, and I was not invited. My diary got very sad for a while. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you think that happened? Just uh, I wasn't as popular. She became much more popular than I was, and... I think it was like a status thing. Like, nah, yeah. we shouldn't have that girl. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Oh, man, you became the smelly kid with the, <laughs> with the cigarette <laughs> yeah. mom and the unkempt hair. <laughs> Growing up, you uh, you had to work at some point, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine. So I like to talk about people's first jobs when they were growing up. So many. I actually started working technically when I was 10. I started as a mother's helper, kind of like babysitting, but the mom was somewhere in the house or on a nearby college campus. When you were 10? When I was 10. Okay. Yeah. So you entered the workforce pretty early. Yes. I made $5 an hour, I think, which I was like, wow. Because you always, <laughs> yeah, it's like that can buy so much. Yes. So much candy. Yeah. I think I had a bank account when I was 10. I think I started saving up. You were prudent. You were a prudent little 10-year-old. Yes. I didn't spend it on anything. I had nothing to spend it on. There's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, especially when your folks are, are buying everything for you. Yeah. I mean, as a 10-year-old, how old were the were they, babe, like infants? Yeah, she was, well, she was like one and a half, I think, or two. Kind of grew up as I grew up. Yeah. As people tend to age, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually how it works. Yeah. So, like, when you were when you were babysitting, it was just like a lot of w- just watching the watching the kid sleep yes. and stuff? Oh, well, the kid would, like, throw sand in my eyes and stuff. She's a real terrorist. She's very sweet. She's probably, like, 17 now. Her name's Hannah. Well, how old are you? 29? I'm 30. You're 30? Yeah. Yeah, so she's 21. Ugh. She could drink. <laughs> yeah, she's oh, drinking. No. <laughs> she's pro- she she's probably not that sweet anymore. <laughs> yeah. Old Hannah. So did you continue on that path of nannying and babysitting throughout high school, or did you did you enter the paid, over-the-table, over-the-counter mm-hmm. corporate world? Oh, I did it all. I even I had a paper route when I was a kid, too, but the papers were too heavy for me to carry, so my dad helped me. I wasn't very good at it. Stop doing that. Uh, yeah, more babysitting. A lot of babysitting in high school. That's always kind of the safe, the safe go-to job for women when you're younger. Like I was always kind of jealous that I couldn't do that. <laughs> like even when I got older, I was like, I want to be like a manny. Yeah. Because it just seems so easy. Yeah. And I was like, no one is gonna hire me looking like this <laughs> to be around children. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Yep. But it's always like I'm sure it wasn't easy. Like I always saw friends of mine that had babysitters, and they were awful to them. Mm-hmm. Do you have any horror stories from that? I was a, I think I was a good babysitter. Like you mean like the kids terrorizing me or mm-hmm. my? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. had a, I babysat like my coaches. Co- coach had three kids, and they were all nine, ten that age range, and they were just terrorists. Like my keys were like flushed down the toilet, unbuckle their seatbelts while I was driving, try to escape. Did they ever break was, you? No, because I was on their level. I was like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is like me it. when I was I was yeah. the worst to babysit. So You're just like making it. multiple sets of keys for them to flush down the yeah. toilet. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Frick keys. Um, so were your parents like instilling in you that work ethic or were you going out and be like, hey, I want to do all this stuff? Or were they like, you need to start working immediately? No, I don't think I got any pressure from them, actually. If I did, they were, I mean, they were such like Vermont parents where they're just like, do you know, do whatever you want and like, <laughs> we'll support you. Are you a lesbian? You should be. <laughs> Try it. I don't know. Yeah, right. They were, uh, yeah, whatever I wanted to do. I think maybe I just read so much love. Just so much love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So still to this day. Yeah. We both went to the University of Vermont, which is interesting because we met, like, we actually think that we had a class together. I don't know if you remember this. It's an English But question. I think we had, an Eng- I can't remember which one. It could have been Professor Lusk, Professor, I, don't, I can't remember the professors that much anymore. I can yeah, remember I mean, every 
middle, high school, elementary yep. school teacher. Yeah, but college. like three professors. Yeah, same. Great education. <laughs> and you were a track star, right? Yeah. Coming out of high school. Yes. Coming out of high school, did UVM recruit you to run for them? Yes, I took a year off in between. They offered me, I think, a half scholarship, and I actually turned it down because I took a year off, hoping that they would uh, re-up it the next year. And I think they did. They offered me some money. I went there, and then the next year I asked for more money, and then the government also covered most of my costs. I have no college debt. I'm That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's actually, I think, you're the second guest to have no college no debt. <laughs> Everyone else has crazy college debt. And it's uh, usually a pretty yeah. big topic because there's a lot of bitterness involved with, oh, yeah. with going to college. So hypothetically, do you think that if you were in debt from college, do you think the experience would have been worth it for you? Probably not. No, I would be so angry if I still had debt at age 30. I mean, of course, and you, most people do. Yeah, it's insane. It's mm-hmm. it's so ubiquitous right now mm-hmm. with our age group. So I hear a lot of frustration coming from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were you I mean, you were an athlete and when you were running there, were you also focused on academics as well or were you kinda of just there to run? I did really well in academics actually. I think I thought I was gonna be a professional runner though and that didn't pan out which is fine because that would have been like you have to work in a shoe store if you're a professional athlete is a runner Uh, are you serious yeah yeah can you you explain that a little bit (laughs) um i mean you make no money like where do you get money right why does it have to be is a shoe store just like uh you're usually sponsored by a shoe company so you'll be like oh i run for team nike and this we're on nike farm team and we're trying to be olympians that Mm -hmm. kind of thing so you would go put work in at the store itself to supplement uh, being that's poor. so not glamorous at all no not at all. <laughs> you're like just looking at feet and mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like yeah i'm gonna be an athlete a, a pro <laughs> athlete someday and it's like uh different size please yeah. carmen <laughs> yeah i <laughs> want uh, silver at the last <laughs> olympics they're like yeah i'm gonna need this in a tent go i didn't realize how how big of a job that like not just for athletes but i had a bunch of friends that, like worked in shoe stores Mm-hmm. When they were younger, and I was like, people were doing that? Like, why yeah. were you just looking at feet all day? It was <laughs> kind of a weird job. I guess you get, like, the discount. Oh, I, I did, too. I worked in Olympia Sports briefly in college. Get that 40%? <laughs> I think it was even less. I remember stealing some things from them because I was like, this isn't enough money. Oh, that actually, it's good that you say that because I usually bring this up to later, but... Have you ever stolen? You just admitted to stealing from them. <laughs> but don't, s- but please don't tweet at Olympia. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever stolen to get money or done something illegal to get money yes. or or goods aside from your little theft <laughs> run at Olympia? Yes. The statute of limitations, I think, is fine here. So <laughs> yeah, I think we're okay. I was in Costa Rica. I was in my year off in between high school and college. I worked at a restaurant, made enough money, went. I know there's like so many little intricacies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When I was there, I was staying at a beach, and you need to. I needed to have money to get back into the village because we were just out in the sticks. And I realized at some point that I just didn't have the cash. The ATM was down that was five miles away. And uh, there was this girl on the beach who I hated. And she was very rich, upper-class London girl. She just like laid out in the sun when we were supposed to be saving turtles and stuff like that. I went into her bag and took uh, a 1,000 colones, which is... Nice. So just to get home, or did you buy a little cocktail of that, too? <laughs> Probably got some rum and Coke as well. 
Is that a pattern that you've had in your life, or is this no. just? No, that was the only time di- I stolen from an individual person. When I was younger, even like when I was like going through my stealing phase, like when I was like eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. I even had like a moral theory was like as long as it was from like corporations, it was yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck that. I was like, fuck <laughs> these guys. They got enough already, and I would just like steal a pair of walkie talkies. <laughs> yeah, my what? friends and I would just like yeah. use them for a day and then like throw them away. <laughs> Have you ever done it like from a business besides Olympia? Yes, I took, what did I take, like a running top and shorts from Dick's Sporting Goods, that's mm-hmm. what it was, I just, I had it on underneath, I went on with a different outfit, I ended up buying like a pair of shorts. Well, that was, that's that. the strategy, you yeah. buy something, yeah. steal a couple, yeah. you know, that's, got, the, that's the buy yeah. one, get four free <laughs> deal. I got looks from uh, the employee there, but I just, I, he just had nothing on me. I could tell he knew that I had something, but he couldn't stop me. Right. And it was like, I feel, I didn't get like a rush from it. I was like, I just need these things. And, you know, I didn't technically need them, but at the time I was like, I, need, have you I got, can't afford Have you things. gotten that rush though before? Mm, no, I always feel bad. Yeah. I know. Even when you're doing it, you just feel guilty? Yeah. I guess the rush is getting away with it or just the adrenaline aspect of doing something mm-hmm. illegal. It's a crazy feeling. I remember like getting, almost getting caught one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When I was like 12 That'd and I just terrible. like had like a sweatshirt that I was stealing and this guy was like, boom, hand him the shoulder <laughs> and I just dropped the sweatshirt and just ran. Oh God. And then we saw like cop cars outside and we thought they were for us, but they probably <laughs> weren't for us. It's like, well, they bringing cops for a 12 year old stealing a sweatshirt that he gave back. <laughs> that he had just dropped. Yeah. I was actually at like a Whole Foods the other day and just like kind of going to town a little bit on like the samples at the salad bar. <laughs> yeah. And like two guys came up to me and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, testing some food out. <laughs> And they were like, you can't do that here. I was like, that's what this place is for, right? He's like, sir, you're t- like literally taking everything from the salad bar. I was like, yeah, but it's like, you know, if you, I asked an employee to get a sample, they'd give me a sample. So what's the difference? And they're just like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> I just like felt so outed, like almost turning 30 and just like getting caught stealing food at a Whole Foods. <laughs> you're like, I thought the salad bar was a sample bar. I don't know. I so, don't that, so that year after high school and before UVM, you weren't obviously on a scholarship when you when you did this volunteer program. Mm-hmm. So what were you doing volunteer work? Yes. And how'd that make you feel? Did you feel <laughs> did you feel rushed from that? Uh okay. I really just wanted to get out of Vermont and out of the country. I just wanted to experience something different. I had taken some Spanish. I had been to Puerto Rico before, but I had never been I really wanted to go to Costa Rica pretty much my entire life. And so I went out there and yeah, I don't think it couldn't have cost that much money. I raised enough money, maybe three or four grand. Yeah, that'll probably cover you in Costa Rica. Oh, for sure. Three. I was only there for three and a half months, but I went around quite a bit. So what's your position on like volunteer work? Mm. Are you active in that community? Not anymore. I, uh, I like it. I think it's great. I'm, yeah, not as active. I think it's good to like do it firsthand like you did, mm-hmm. but I, I do feel like a little kind of jaded about like donating to charities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I just heard so many shitty stories about the money going to like you know CEOs not going to the cause or only like a right. fraction of it going to the cause. So I think if you are going to do it, like the way to do it is hands on, where you're actually mm-hmm. physically involved in the cause, as opposed to just kind of not to say that donating money is not you know a oh, good yeah. thing to but there's do. There's so much corruption. It's like these nonprofit companies. They're nonprofit, but their CEOs are making hundreds of thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very kind of convoluted in that world. So I always kind of say, if you're going to volunteer, you know, get out in the streets and <laughs> and do yeah. it yourself. Yeah, I think I was too. I really wanted to have. I wish I could have done that at the time. I signed up for a program, paid the program money, so the program got money. 
but it was more to just keep me safe. I was like 18, so like, oh, out. so like yeah, instead of like just going there by yourself yeah. and just they set it up for me because I was I would have been eaten alive if I'd just gone there by myself at 18. Is it a dangerous area? I've never been down there. No, but when you're 18 and a female by yourself. I mean, I got harassed when I was there a little bit, at least, but I always knew where Is I was it going. like third like third world? Yeah, I would say so. Third, second. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I wonder what, which countries would you consider to be second world? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I'm trying to think. So going to UVM, debt-free, that's great. Were you working when you were at UVM or just because you must have been busy with mm, sports? Yeah, I couldn't. I really wish I could have. So my dad helped me out. Like the entire time I was there, rent and everything, and the government, of course, because we signed up for all the whatever that is. I don't even know grants, just grants, yeah, and help, free government money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know, this works. And just dad help, and he yeah. figured it out. So I did that, and yeah, I w- Olympia sports while I was there briefly. I think that's all I tried to do for. It. I worked in the summers. I worked a lot in summers. The whole summers, I'd be a camp counselor. Did a lot of counseling, little kids. Back back to the kids. Yeah, so many kids. Oh, I've worked with kids my entire life. Does that make you (laughs) anti-mom for yourself? or? Yeah, no, not interested in kids. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You OD'd on kids. Yeah, I've been raising them. When you, like, get money, obviously, like, your parents want to help you out. Have you ever Mm -hmm. been in a situation where you've, like, had to ask your parents for a lump sum of money, couldn't afford (laughs) life, and you had to just be like, I just need this right now? Oh, yeah. Yes. When was it? Certainly after high school, in between high school and college, I, I lived in Massachusetts for a while, and I remember asking for a month's rent, which was only $300, and I was so embarrassed that I had asked my dad for only $300. That's not a lot of money. And I was like, I don't know if I can pay you back. He's like, what? I was He's like, like, I spent that on dinner two nights ago. Yeah, exactly. My mom, I forget to pay. I say forget, but I, I don't really pay myself. I'm on a cell phone bill with my mom and her husband. Okay. And every now and again, I'll just like throw them some hundreds of dollars if I have it. But I haven't really had it lately, so I haven't been paying them. I think it's, yeah. I should owe them like at least $80 a month. I know. I think that's like our generation's like last kind of <laughs> tie to our parents is like the cell phone contract. Like, yeah. I remember hopping off that a couple of years ago. I was like, ah, oh, now, now I feel it. Like, I've always been pretty independent from my parents, mm-hmm. but there was still that where it was like, oh, we're on the family plan. And mm-hmm. you pay like twenty bucks a month, even though you know it's way more mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. And I finally got off. I was like, "Fuck, that was like a hundred bucks. It's like a hundred bucks a month now." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. After UVM, you were in you were in Vermont for a little bit because I remember going to visit you there or visit Vermont, and you would be there, and that's where you started doing comedy, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you started a show at what was that spot called? Levity. Yeah, Levity. Is that where you first did your first stand up? No, I actually took a class. There, that was the only thing that there. I remember looking it up. Every now and again, I would just Google search comedy in Vermont, and there would be like an open mic here or there. And then a woman named Josie Levitt was running a class, so I did that. And the class was honestly, it was just an open mic. Every single time, we would just do an open mic, and she was smart enough to know that she couldn't teach us, mm-hmm. but she also like paid. Mo- we, we still paid money to do it, but it was still like yeah. a f- just an open mic that right. we would do once a week. So after, were you like always had the inclination to do comedy? Like, were, when did you like come out or whatever? Like, you know, there's always that <laughs> moment where yeah. you're thinking about it nonstop, and you're just like, oh, can I do this or not? Yeah, right before I signed up for the class, I think I had been. Well, I had wanted to do stand-up comedy for a long time since I was in high school and knew it existed. I was like, oh, that would be great, but I will never, ever, ever be brave enough to try it. I was so scared. 
forever. I'm still, you know, nervous before I get on stage. Mm-hmm. But I was like really, really nervous. I couldn't even raise my hand in a classroom with ten people. That's what in I'm it. saying because I remember like, I remember you being very quiet. Like in, yeah, and when I was, I was pretty quiet too. But I remember you especially being very like yep. kind of shy and nervous. Yeah. At UVM, like yes. in the English classroom. Yeah. I would go after the class and be like, listen, I can't talk in class, <laughs> so how do I get the speaking credit? And they'd be like, ugh, and they'd sit down and talk to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that was how Which was it. like kind of funny to see you when I first saw you doing this. I was like, oh, that, that girl Carmen? I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> she like, can you know, talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were like first starting out doing stand-up, were you, how are you kind of paying the bills? Just, I mean, I guess it's pretty easy to do in Vermont at the time. Mm-hmm because you're not doing it full-time yet, were you focused primarily on comedy, or was that kind of just like you know, a one-day-a-week thing? Or Yeah, I think that was the most you could get up was once a week. I remember being very proud of the fact. I was like, wow, I'm getting up once a week. I'm incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was working at a restaurant called Sky Burgers. It closed down, but I was night shifts, day shifts, just waiting tables. Was that in Williston, Vermont? Or was it was that? in downtown. It was right on Lower Sky Church Bur- Street. I don't remember that place. It has since become a few other places. It's a new place every year. So you're slanging burgers at Sky Burger? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and you have just recently moved to NYC. I mean, I always think about Chicago, New York, Los Angeles being like kind of the trifecta of comedy in right. America. Absolutely. And also the three most difficult places to to live in America. Yeah. So can you explain like your move from kind of small town Vermont to New York? <laughs> And when you felt that you were ready to do that, coming from the comedy scene in in Vermont? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half ago, I was what? uh, I can't do math. Like, even simple math. Um, I had been doing comedy. I've been doing comedy for over five years now. So whatever that is, minus one and a half. Three and a half? You got it. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, at that point... You hit a you hit a ceiling in Vermont real quick. I mean, mm-hmm. you come up with everybody, and that's great, and people are getting better. But I used to come in and out of New York City because my best friend Jen lived there at the time. I would stay with her, just got to know the city. I had always kind of had an idea of that it was a place I wanted to be at some point. I was like, look at that exciting place. I want to go there, <laughs> see what that's about. And then I visited i fell in love with it i fell out of love with it i fell in love with it and i was like i gotta i gotta go Mm -hmm. it's time to go i think that's always kind of the consensus with people that don't start in major cities is that you always the tunnel always comes out and you always end up either in Mm -hmm. chicago new york or la Mm -hmm. or now you know kind of like denver austin are kind of those things too that's true but um yeah, Seattle. I feel like everyone that starts out in smaller areas always kind of has those mm-hmm. those places on the horizon. Did you save a bunch of money before you moved? Uh, I must have had enough to move. I don't even remember very well. I got lucky because I gave myself a deadline. I went for one last visit about three months before I moved. I got so lucky with a place. It was exactly what I was looking for. Just by talking to people. Just by talking to people at open mics. And I knew people at that point but I was still meeting so many people and I just networked and this guy was like, Oh yeah, I'm moving out. I'm lo- moving to Portland. Uh, do you want my room? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want your room. Yeah. I got this amazing room for s- cheaper than anyone else in the city by like $200. It's some anomaly of a place. I don't even want to like speak of it cause I'm afraid yeah, it'll right. be taken away from me. <laughs> so were you like couch surfing before that? Uh, just staying with Jen and, mm-hmm. and uh, in her place, she had an extra room she would rent out her place and just charge people more than the room was worth. 
in order to supplement her own rent. She had like a four or five bedroom place. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's pretty big for NYC. Mm-hmm. Not nice rooms, but you know. You got to be super wealthy to have a nice room in uh, in New York. It's oh, yeah. The real estate there is pretty rough. Oh, yeah. So you kind of mentioned earlier that you're struggling right now cash-wise. Is that because you're focusing more on comedy and not so much on, on the mundane parts of life? <laughs> not even so much struggling. It's more like I am leaking money faster than I would like to. I quit my didn't quit my nannying job. My nannying job came to an end. The family still nannying. Moved. I, I was love nannying. It. <laughs> I was I was bartending and nannying when I first moved, and the nannying was fifteen dollars an hour. There's no taxes, you know, because it's yeah. just they're just handing you cash, and <laughs> and that was great. So I saved up a lot of money doing that, and then the past six months or so, I've just been able to get away with bartending on the weekends again because my rent is five hundred dollars a month. That's it. Yep, that's it. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. And you're living in Brooklyn? Yes. I live in Bushwick. Jesus Christ. I know. That's insane. I know. I've That's never heard I, yeah. of that that cost in my I've, entire life exactly. in New York. It doesn't exist. Except in this weird again, I don't ask questions. I don't want to know why it's that cheap. Are there any ghosts in there? Uh pro- there's like a weird dumb waiter that I found recently that doesn't go anywhere. Little cubbies and I'm just like, Oh, we're, why is there a door here? It doesn't open. Great. Cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep paying five hundred dollars. I like to ask a question, and I don't know if this has happened to you yet, but and it could be a minuscule amount of money or a good amount of money. But do you remember the first time you were paid doing stand up? Ooh, probably immediately in Vermont. Vermont was a lot of money, but the first time I was shocked by the amount and actually had to ask them to not pay me as much because I was uncomfortable was a college gig. It was, I could count how many times I'd been on stage. It was 17 times Norwich University had seen me featured on this television program because I had, on like the local news basically, because I had done this contest and gotten into the finals, but it was contests where nobody, we were all just beginning Mm -hmm. comics. So it was like, oh wow, you advanced against everyone else who's been doing comedy for three weeks. So they saw me on that and they were like, yeah, we got to have you come out here and feature for this woman. Can you do 30 minutes? And I was like, uh, can I not do 30 minutes? And they're like, yeah, that's great. We'll do, have you do two 10-minute sets, one before this guy who does magic, and then mm-hmm. the other was for Classic college gig. <laughs> yeah. And then a woman named Lisa Landry, who I haven't really seen much of her since, but I'm sure she does stuff in the South. Is she a Vermont comic? No, oh. she's from the South. They brought her up. Huh. They, were, they were like, yeah, we're going to have you like stay in a hotel. I was like, it's n- this is 20 minutes from my house. You don't need to... I was like, I don't need a hotel. They were, I think they... I think they gave me $500. That's awesome. And I just, just like, I don't want this, but I'll take it. And I did a terrible job because I was 17 open yeah. mics and shows into comedy. Uh, I think I got a few laughs, though. I would love to listen to the tape. I'm sure it's somewhere. I did think you I record it? it? I think I did, yeah. But it's on like well, a Well, isn't Norwich like a, it's a, like a military, military academy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. They had me come in and I like talked to students and stuff to like get a feel for it so i think i remember like roasting a few of their traditions oh okay <laughs> yeah like their fight song or something yeah <laughs> something like that i was like oh i can believe you guys wear boots to school what's up with that <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that killed oh god <laughs> i have nightmares about it that's good have you uh, have you matched that number since uh, i got 500 again to do a contest uh, too because i won a contest a couple of years later or a year later. No, two years later. At Higher Ground. A big cash prize. Higher Ground is the, the infamous music venue. <laughs> yeah. 
in Vermont. All the all the big acts go there, <laughs> including Carmen Legala. <laughs> well, I think that catches up to speed about you know kind of the the biographical information of your life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to use the second half to talk about like more hypothetical things and kind of just like your habits with money. Mm-hmm. We talked about like one of them is kind of like the stealing thing that we mm-hmm. organically got in earlier. <laughs> of course. But I like talking about people like what, what their vices are with money and kind of like what their spending habits are. Mm-hmm. So do you have any serious vices? You mentioned that you were leaking money. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those raindrops going towards? <laughs> uh, stupid purchases that I make would probably be like, but I don't consider them stupid. That's why I spend money on them. Like used wigs. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's the first time. I've yeah. Like I spent 70 or $75. I went home to Vermont and there's Is uh, this human hair wigs? Or is <laughs> it just like No, like just fake weird yeah. wigs. Not even used. Like usually they have tags on them, but you know, people put them on their heads. Not stupid. Mm-hmm. That's what you do when they're just loose wigs hanging out. Loose wigs and you can't really like wash. Can you wash those things? Oh, that's I, what I always think so. about like people like try on like wigs and hats in the stores i'm like yeah mm, like who's washing that in yeah. between no one yeah. I don't even, yeah i don't know how to wash a wig so are you know. doing this just to kind of make quirky snapchat videos or what are you doing <laughs> with these wigs <laughs> basically <laughs> uh, i have a show i run where i make comics wear a wig and do a character for about six minutes that they have to make up based oh. on that wig but i also just love wigs i think they're fun and silly i'll do something with them on youtube at some point but for now i just like having them so are you gonna like buy more stuff and Get on full ensemble like costumes. <laughs> yeah, I would love. Co- I have a whole trunk full of stuff. Some costume, usually like pretty like hacky costumes, because it's my friend Tim Bevan's place, and he just uh, would take other businesses that had closed out, and they were like Halloween stores and stuff, and they were like, "Here, you can have all this for two hundred dollars." Yeah, and be like, "I'll take it." And then there's some I great shops it. like that out here. There's this place called Robinson's Boutiques, oh. and my buddy and I, we run a shot here, and we he was like. Oh, do you want to get like colonial like general uniforms and wear them for the show? I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah. So we go there, like, yeah. Do you guys have like you know these classic like Napoleon Bonaparte like uniforms? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we've got like fifty back there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like such a cool store because it was kind of like that really weird, like, qu- like almost like Pee Wee Herman style like yeah. feeling to it. And he's like walk in there and they have all these costumes and wigs and dresses and suits and it was really nice. To, so if you could kind of like collect those and. Make your own little small shop out of it. I, I'm gonna have to make a point not to go to that store because I will buy things and I will have to have a checked bag. I will. I can, won't be able to leave without buying. You probably get accused for being like a traveling con artist or something. <laughs> <laughs> your luggage full of costumes. <laughs> yeah. If you had a million dollars put into your bank account tomorrow, mm-hmm. how do you think that your day-to-day life would change? I'm not necessarily talking about like, oh yeah, I'd get a car, I'd get a nicer place. I'm talking about like. Do you feel personally you would change, like, your personality? Do you think your habits would change? Do you think you would get away from who you truly are just because you had all this money? Or do you think you would pretty much stay the same? I would stay the same. I was like, even if I won the lottery, I would probably act almost exactly the same. Yeah, no. I don't. If I had a lot of money, if I bought, like, a big house, it would be, like, a party house. I'd be like, yeah, everyone just come stay over. Yeah. I'll pay off your houses. It's fine. I don't need to have this money. It's going to go away. It doesn't matter. Yeah, especially if you're buying houses for people. Yeah. It's going to go away. Yeah, you just have like a huge house and just like a bunch of, you probably spend all the money on costumes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. You'd probably buy that store I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is mine now. <laughs> I just play in it. I wouldn't sell anything. <laughs> you just have a big playground of, of dress up and makeup and all that stuff. Oh, man. That'd be the dream. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's out there, want to invest in Karma's dream, you should start a Kickstarter for that. <laughs> 
Do you have any regrets with like major amounts of money, whether it be like an investment or an certain amount of money that you've lost a lump sum at one time? Hmm. No, I usually don't. I don't do very many risky things. I don't do with money. I guess I usually just make it and spend it. I don't. Uh, any of my regrets are probably like, oops, I should have paid off that doctor's bill and now I can't get a credit card. I like sh- didn't listen to my mom about mm-hmm. uh, my credit score is awful. I don't know what it is, but I know it's how is bad. that how is that possible? Cons- exactly. I don't know. I, I considering I, you have no debt to pay. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Well I didn't have I went when I first moved to the city I had like a weird rash on my arms and legs and I got really panicked about it and I went to a hospital. Stupid. I don't know where to go in the city. I just moved there. I didn't have any friends, anybody to ask. I went to the hospital, and the, it was awful. They made me wait for seven hours. I saw a nurse who had been on her shift probably for, like, days straight. She was just mad. She was like, I don't know what it is. And I was like, okay. Uh, I looked this up on the internet. Here's the worst-case scenario. Can you treat me for that? She's like, sure. Writes a prescription. She's like, if you have any more questions, let me know. And she's leaving. She's <laughs> yeah. gone. She was just gone. And then they billed me for $1,000, and I just walked out. I was like, I am never going to pay this. Yeah, I've walked out on a couple hospital bills myself. Yeah. For future reference, I just found out about CVS Minute Clinic, which mm. is uh, if you guys have CVSs in New York, you literally they treat you just for like same thing. If you have like an ear infection, mm-hmm. rash, like flu, like very mild symptoms of something, mm-hmm. go in there. There's a nurse practitioner that works there mm. with prescription abilities. You're out in an hour for the future. That sounds great. Yeah. So avoid the hospitals. Yeah. In the future, if you ever get a weird skin rash again, <laughs> yeah. hit up the CVS Minute <laughs> Clinic. You're welcome, CVS Minute Clinic. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast sponsored by (laughs) CVS Minute Clinic. (laughs) So uh, I like to to wrap up with this with this kind of bigger, more global question, and this kind of pertains to you specifically because you are from Vermont, Mm -hmm. where Senator Bernie Sanders has represented our state for the Mm -hmm. last decade plus. Yes, and now that he is kind of bringing into this the more global scale about uh, economic diversity and disparity. I kind of like to ask the guests what they think their thoughts are in trying to fix this global problem of rich versus poor and shortening that that gap, even if you think it's a good thing or a bad thing or mm-hmm. even if it's possible. Do you have any political <sighs> thoughts on that? Oh God. Every time I try to figure out what's happening in our country, I can't concentrate or even focus. Because for a while, like last week, I was like, you know, was communism bad? What was that all about? And I Googled it and I looked it up. I was like, all right, I guess it doesn't work. I can see where it doesn't work. But I was like, you know, I have a vague idea mm-hmm. of what it is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, in theory, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it'll never, it'll just keep being this probably forever. If <laughs> I, I think I, I have to agree with you on that as well. Because I was talking to a friend about it the other day and we were just like, it's kind of getting talked about more in the media now than ever. But in reality, it's been this has been the way it has been mm-hmm. literally since the dawn of civilization. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we might not have like straight up slaves anymore, but people that are getting paid, you know, minimum, minimum wage, wage basically are, Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. working class slaves. And so if you look back in, in history, it's always kind of been the same thing, you know, the, it's been the feudal class mm-hmm. and like that, the diversity has been not, you know, too great in the history in terms of the money. It's always been kind of, one percent, ninety-nine, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's gonna Mm-mm. change too much, Never. <laughs> regardless. <laughs> Maybe if they could like cap how much the 
just highest earning people make. And I was thinking about that. Yeah. So I was thinking about a salary cap, and I was talking to my dad about that. He's like, "Well, that's kind of like communism." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it is," but there's like no, there's no reason why there needs to be like like a billion dollars. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a fine cap. Like you, you yeah. don't need more than a million dollars, in my opinion. Like a billion dollars is a <laughs> lot of money. <laughs> you don't need more than like. Five hundred dollars. No, people are just like, man, I need a yeah. No, I, I know what you mean, but I mean like yeah. you know, because the the super rich would be like, no, we need to, you know, we can't cap what we earn. This is mm-hmm. how capitalism works. We can earn as much as we want to, mm-hmm. but if we cap, it'd be like, yeah, you still have more money than you can spend in mm-hmm. ten lifetimes. Like, yeah. what's the big deal? Yeah, uh, you know, if there was some sort of cap like that, I think that the extra money could be allocated in a proper way. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be towards, you know, civil programs or whatever. I think that that could be something that could be done. That'd be, I'd be on board. I mean, sports, it, sports, teams, try, sports you know? teams do it. Yeah. yeah they they do it to make teams more even. Maybe we should write to, <laughs> write to our local congressman <laughs> and try to figure this out. Listen, been watching baseball. <laughs> yeah. So that was a nice little talk that we had. Twitter. You, well, you're doing, uh, you're doing Bridgetown. Oh, yeah. That's actually how I reached out to you. I, I, Car- Carmen was a. Uh, I was looking at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival website, and stumbled upon your name. I was like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. so cool!" So I texted mm-hmm. you. And I was like, "Hey, if you're out in LA, let's meet up." And you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna be there next week. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow. See you there." <laughs> yeah, I'm at your door right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when is that festival? That's coming up in June. Yes, June one through five or six. So yeah, if you guys are in the uh, in the it's in Portland, right? Yes. It's in the Portland, Oregon area, please check out that festival and check out Carmen's sets as she's doing. Is there like a new faces thing, or are you just doing a bunch of different shows for the port for the Bridgetown? Yeah. Yeah, I think they give you one a night. I think one of them is unwrapped. I'm unwrapped, so I'll be on that. That'll be cool. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure that'll I'm sure there'll be tons of agents in the audience now. It'll just be regular people that don't know that don't know what it means to be unwrapped that'll be good yeah it's a really fun festival though from what i heard i've got a couple friends that did last year and they're like it's a really good time Mm -hmm. where can we follow you on the social medias twitter i got at carmen legala and uh instagram carmstagrams carmstagrams (laughs) yeah nice i love uh i love instagram pun handles yeah (laughs) that's (laughs) the the only way to do it (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for coming and doing the podcast carmen i appreciate it thank you so much for having me ben Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Talking Cash podcast. I hope you enjoyed my talk with my good friend, Carmen Legala. Be sure to follow her on Twitter, at Carmen Legala. Make sure if you're in the Portland, Oregon area in June, you check out her comedy at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. As for me, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share the podcast to help promote it. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure you check out the Commons Alehouse shows that are coming up in the next month. Also, be on the lookout for the Manor Comedy tickets coming out in early May. And remember that money is meant to be spent.